everyone, my name is Reagan. Welcome to Conversations with Sarah, with your host, Sarah Carnes. She's my mom. She's on the radio and TV and loves the Cleveland Browns. But one of her favorite things is connecting with you. She wants to help you live a healthy, happy life. I don't know how she does it. She even got me to love carrots and eat broccoli. Thanks for listening. How about this to start us off today? If you fail, never give up because fail means first attempt in learning. End is not the end. In fact, end means effort never dies. If you get no as an answer, remember no means next opportunity. Stay positive. I love a good acronym and that was great. I remember seeing that at a gym at one of my daughter's gymnastics meets and it's just stuck with me and it's one of those ones to keep reminding yourself every now and then fail first attempt in learning well thank you so much for joining us for today's episode we're going to talk to carla gasser a friend of mine her new book beauty of an uncluttered soul is out and i'm super excited to share her with you but before we get to that i've talked about gratitude and journaling in a couple previous episodes and something I came across that I thought was really cool. Um, And it was about journaling and how important gratitude can be each day. I thought it would be helpful to share. This happens to be from Oprah. It was an article that she had written um, or she had voiced about, uh, about her gratitude journaling And I'll just read it because I think it's a little bit easier for me to just read what she wrote. And maybe it can all be a little lesson for us and the way we look at gratitude or maybe start more consistently (laughs) putting stuff in our gratitude journal. She said for years, she's been advocating the power and pleasure of being grateful. I kept a gratitude journal for a full decade without fail and urged all you to do the same. Then life got busy. My schedule got overwhelmed. I still opened my journal some nights, but my ritual of writing down five things I was grateful for every day started to slip away. Here's what I was grateful for on October 12th, 1996. Now remember, this is what Oprah's saying right now. Number one, a run around Florida's Fisher Island with a slight breeze that kept me cool, eating cold melon on a bench in the sun, a long and hilarious chat with Gail about her blind date with Mr. Potato Head, sorbet in a cone so sweet that I literally licked my fingers, and Maya Angelou calling to read me a poem. That's pretty incredible. Most of us don't have a gratitude journal that looks like this, but she said a few years ago I came across that journal entry and wondered why I no longer felt the joy of those simple moments. Since 1996, I had accumulated more wealth, more responsibility, more possessions. Everything, it seemed, had grown exponentially except my happiness. How had I, with all of my options and opportunities, become one of those people who never had the time to feel delight? And she just goes on to say, I was stretched in so many directions. I wasn't feeling much of anything too busy doing The truth is, I was busy in 1996 too. I just made time. I just made gratitude a daily priority. I went through the day looking for things to be grateful for and something always showed up. I don't know why this article just like stood out to me, kind of stopped me in my tracks. I have some friends who really do and consistently do the gratitude journal. I have it. I try to, 
But this was one of those things that was just a little motivating. Maybe I don't always write it down, but I say it out loud or I tell myself certain things, even in passing. And um, I think that's something maybe we could all get a little better at. And it's really helped me. So I hope that that helps you too. And you can kind of think about that as we move along. Now, I want to introduce you to Carla Gasser. You can find more at her website and really learn about her new book, The Beauty of an Uncluttered Soul. You can actually find the book on Amazon, everywhere books are sold these days. You know, you can find it in her website, carlagasser.com. will connect you with a lot of daily encouragement, biblical wisdom, spiritual guidance. Um, she's fantastic. So I hope you enjoy this and I really hope you get out of it as much as I have. There's so much that we can dig in deeper to. We do a lot of detoxes uh, for ourselves from, you know, the foods we eat and the toxins that get into our body all the time, but really taking the time to allow God's spirit to transform us from the inside out. Uh, purging our past, shaking our worry, opening our heart, cleansing our mind, decluttering our attitudes. That's what this is all about, really taking care of our souls. So without further ado, here is Carla Gasser. Well, Carla, it is so wonderful to have you join us today. Carla and I have been friends for a while, and I remember... I remember seeing the posting on Facebook that you signed your first book deal and was so happy for you as a friend. And I know you've been probably wanting to do this for a long time. You've been writing. You have a wonderful blog. We'll have all of that information in the show notes. Very easy to remember. Just your name, CarlaGasser.com, right? That's right. right. Very (laughs) easy to remember. And yes, we have been friends. I think, I don't even know. I think we may have met through the mom squad years and years ago. Yes, through the station. So I was very excited to share your book. And it's called, tell me what the name of it is again. The Beauty of an Uncluttered Soul. I love that. The Beauty of an Uncluttered Soul. And I keep it by my nightstand and I read a little bit because at night, that's my time to read Mm -hmm. and, you know, decompress and do all of that. And I, I said this earlier to you. I sometimes feel like I'm in a world of chaos and so much going on and this no one else could possibly feel like this. Right. So when I posted that your book was out, I love it. Everyone go get it. I had so many people comment. Oh, my goodness. This is exactly what I need. This is exactly what I need. I think the timing is so perfect. The first of the year ish. I know we're in February, but (laughs) but, you know, we need so much of this spoken to us. So why don't you give us a little bit about the beauty of an uncluttered soul and what it what it's all about? Well, my journey to writing this book, um, and I, I confess this openly to all of my friends, I am kind of like a declutter freak. Like I want things ordered in my home and organized and I raised four children. I have one to go. <laughs> so, But when you have four kids at your home and you're trying to keep on top of the papers and the organization and the lunches and everything, I just felt like I needed order in my home. I need to have a place for your backpack, a place for your shoes, a place for everything. And I started thinking about that one day when I was cleaning out a closet, you know, where you do your oh, yeah. give away pile, your keep pile, and your throwaway pile. 
And I thought, what is my obsession? Because my kids would say, when I went through the house like a tidying tornado, they would call me. I would throw away stuff. Like, if it wasn't in the right place, I've thrown away <laughs> retainers. I've thrown away bills. <laughs> You're so I, much like me. Right, because you don't even want it on the counter. So if it's no. not in the right place. And, like, I've misplaced really important things. And I thought, what is my obsession? Like, why <laughs> am I so much like this? And I had probably was feeling guilty about losing something of one of my kids. And... I was just really convicted about this trying to order my outside world. And I thought, maybe there's a lot of clutter within. Maybe there's some Mm. stuff you need to be dealing with with Mm -hmm. inside your soul. And God just really spoke to me in that moment and just said, you know, maybe this is a symptom of some of the clutter that's been building up in your soul. And maybe we need to deal with that. And once you find peace in here and joy and patience and goodness and all of these things, then maybe you will let some of the external go. And that really started me on a journey of what does it look like to declutter my soul? And what does an uncluttered soul look like? And I thought, because I'm a Bible study teacher and I'm a blogger and I love to research and I love to look, I thought the Bible must say something about this. Right. (laughs) We must, there must be some place that God talks about this. And I just kept returning to the fruit of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people might know what that means. And some of them can, some of you could probably rattle off the nine fruit of the Spirit. And others of you don't know what I'm talking about. But it's just love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. And I thought, God promises those to all of us. But am I taking advantage of that? And am I understanding that God wants to create that inside of my soul? He wants that for me, but that I can't do it on my own. Right. And every time I tried to be more patient and have more self-control or be more gentle or kind, I would always fail miserably. And I thought, there has to be a way for me to lean into God's spirit and work with him in developing these things and to unclutter yeah, like putting them into action. Exactly. I mean, you're right. We've, we've you know, heard of the fruits of the spirits in some aspects. Like, so let's just take love because I feel like yes. we're in the season of love <laughs> yes, right now. <laughs> right. So how can we take love into action to help us? Right. Well, one of the things I've learned about what you have to unclutter for love to bloom is pride. Right? Oh, yeah. And pride is just thinking that your way or... Everything about you should come first. And although we would never walk around and say that out loud, Mm -hmm. we really do live it, don't we? We really do say that, you know, my way's kind of the best, or I deserve things, or I'm entitled, or I've had a rough day. Mm -hmm. I mean, we can use pride to justify almost anything in our lives. So what we really have to do is get pride out of the way, declutter pride to discover that love. And what love is, it's really self-sacrifice. You're so right. I don't know why. It's like blaring in my mind right now when you said that, that the pride and wanting to be right, Mm -hmm. having an opinion. Mm -hmm. I feel like social media has just blew all of that up to a whole new level because I'll have people say to me, well, it's my social media. Mm. This is it's my platform to say what I believe in and what's right and what's in my mind. You know, it's it's my timeline. And yes, it is technically. Right, right. But I think you forget the trickle down effect of everyone that reads that or everyone that senses your anger in the post or your frustration exactly. or anything. 
and it's so hard. We've kind of conditioned ourselves to be like, well, this is my opinion. Well, this mm-hmm. is what I want. Or and my truth. Oh, don't get me started <laughs> on the my truth stuff. Yeah, we hear that a lot. Where My truth? So there's multiple truths now? <laughs> exactly. I know. It just drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, the relevance theory or something like that it's called. I can't even remember. But yeah, we've gotten so deep yes. into that. So I, I love that when I was reading about the love and I was just trying to think, like even at the station, we're doing some stuff for love. It's like, how can we be putting love into action more? And maybe it's for the social media stuff. Like, mm-hmm. okay, how's my tone coming off? Or is I really need to sling these opinions like I am? I know it's like, mm-hmm. we have this like edge about, well, this is my, it's my right to do this. Exactly. But how do we handle that all, you know, the right way? I think there's so much to that. So I love where you talk about decluttering, mm-hmm. or I think, I think you even mentioned the word detox yeah. in yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. The detox word is a big buzzword for me, I guess you could say, because mm-hmm. I know, you know, I'm all about yes. detoxing my body. I've had and I was going through that and, process as well when I wrote this book. Yes. So I was thinking, I'm detox. I'm trying to detox my body. I'm trying to declutter my home. Marie Kondo was huge at the time, and I jumped on yes. that bandwagon. <laughs> okay, how many things did you get rid of during the Marie Kondo phase that now you're like, ah, I wish what? I would have kept that. That did spark joy. Wait. Right. <laughs> I knew I shouldn't have got rid of half of my house of stuff. <laughs> yeah, so you're right. I was detoxifying my body at that very time. And, and like, all those things are good. Like, that's not what this is. I'm not trying to say that those things are bad it's oh, just no. that we were doing i was doing so much of this external right. that i wasn't doing the detoxifying the cleansing all of that internally as right. well and i think i think some of that stuff can actually manifest into exactly pain and inflammation because you're stressed and you're right. not right. you're not having your time in prayer you're not going to god and you're not doing all those things to, like you said, detox or de- declutter your soul. I think mind, body, soul, everything works together. It's all connected. So, yeah. So, I, I get that. So, one of the things that I've been doing, focusing on more this year, is really how do I stay in the Word daily? Mm-hmm. And we all miss days. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> and I, you have a really great way of helping people study the Bible. You've been helping people for years. Try. Yeah, mm-hmm. through your website and through your blog. What are some of the things that I th- uh, that you say can really help someone? Because I feel like it can be overwhelming to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're listening right now and it's like, oh my gosh, I, don't, I just don't get the Bible. Like, it's right. great. I hear you guys right. say that. I hear you. But that's just not practical for someone like me who is not a Bible teacher, who doesn't Exactly. You know, how do you make it so it's like understandable? First of all, I wrote this book for you. If you're spiritually seeking, sensitive, and don't know where to start, this is a place for for you to start. Yeah. And one of the reasons I did that was um, I feel like that's who my audience is a lot of my blog. It's that people are coming there and they want to reconnect with God, but they don't know how or why 
yeah. and how to start. So this book is for those people, but it's also for people who want to go deeper, who do know how to read the Bible. So one of the things that I did is I used an acronym mm-hmm. for every chapter because I am a teacher. I think linearly, I think logically, and I think, well, how do I learn this? And then I just kind of put it out there for you thinking, well, it might help you learn it too. So the acronym is SOUL. S-O-U-L, and S stands for search. And what you do first in every chapter is you search the scriptures. And I actually have the scriptures written out for you, the important ones. Why do I do that? Not because I don't think you know the Bible, not because of anything, but because you might be like me and you see the scripture there, but you don't go to your Bible, you're lazy, and Mm -hmm. you don't want to look it up. Or you say, I'll look that up later. But it's right there for you, so it's easily accessible for you. So that's S. And then Always observe. Let's look at love. Like we just talked about it. Society has one definition of love. There's a million definitions of love. What does the Bible say about love? That's Mm. where we look at and observing. That's where we find out love is agape love. Love is unconditional love. Love is self-sacrificing. Love is all of those things. Then we go to use, use. Like you Mm -hmm. said, how do I practically apply this? How do I love the way God's telling me to love? And then the last one is L, lean. And I love the word lean because what I, as a type A, like I already told you, checklist kind of person wanting things in their place, it's really easy to go through like the fruit of the spirit and check off boxes, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, I did love, I did patience, Mm -hmm. I did goodness. But leaning, that piece is for you to slow down and to lean into God's spirit and to help you unclutter with him mm-hmm. and to realize you can't do it on your own, that you have to lean into God. So I end each chapter with a poem or song lyrics or something like that just to slow you down. Yeah. And that's the other reason why the book is illustrated. A lot of people say, well, it's a beautiful book, and it is. And I thank my artist, Vivian Kamel, and her talents and for lending them to this book. But I wanted the book to be beautiful because I don't know about you, but beauty always slows me down. Oh, yeah. When you look at a sunset, you stop. Yeah. There's a peace about it. There's a calmingness about beauty. And I wanted the book to be visually beautiful to slow you down, to make you see that, yes, there's beauty without you, but there also can be beauty within. And that's my number one message to women is like, you're beautiful. Look into my eyes. Let me tell you that you're beautiful. But let me tell you there's even more beauty in your soul. Mm. And God wants to uncover that. Yes. He wants to uncover that and work with him. He'll do it. Yeah. He promises to do it. Yeah. And it's amazing how when you start peeling, it's almost like peeling back the layers, I guess, when I think about it for me. Mm-hmm. And I grew up going to church yeah, my whole life, but it wasn't until my late 20s or so that I really started to dig deeper and each year I like peel off a new layer and I'm finding more and more Uh, I mentioned a couple books you know that I've read in the past that have really helped me but I think the biggest thing that has helped me and I love the study method to use when you're reading your bible is that don't be intimidated by it get a study bible Oh, totally. You know I what use I mean? one all the time. I use a study Bible to help me understand. I heard someone say this a long time ago, and I thought it was such good advice. If you're really, really new, read a children's Bible. Oh, I, 
to get the stories. I had a yes. friend who said, you talk about all these stories, and I, I don't know what it means that Jesus fed the 5,000. I don't know right. what this means. Jericho's walls came tumbling down. I go, get a picture book. Get a picture Bible yes. book. You'll learn all the stories. You'll love them. And then you can go deeper. Yeah, right? I love it. And, uh, you know, it's just like those simple things. Start there. Because I used to think, the Old Testament was just like a bunch of old stories that would never relate to me, that would never connect, and just like it was all about the New Testament. Right. And now I've gotten so much into the Old Testament, and like, these things that happened thousands of years ago, not much has changed. No, no. <laughs> Think about the story of Esther. Yes. And how relevant. Yes. Like, everything about that book. And it's a short book of the Bible. I mean, and, and it reads yes. like a really great action movie. I mean, it really does. It's an amazing book of the Bible. Yeah. And so many people think Esther, she was old. She was gorgeous. She probably looked, you probably look like her. I mean, you know, like she was this beautiful girl that was plucked out and, and brought yeah. to the palace. It's such an amazing story. It is. <laughs> I'm like so gripped by all of these stories. But it was really, so it's become like a passion of mine to get other people as passionate about reading the Bible as I am. So I love that you say search because so many people think they know what the Bible says too. Mm -hmm. But when you actually search and read and understand, it's like, oh, wait a minute. Maybe It's like when you see clickbait on the internet, right? And you just read the headline of what someone's talking about. We all have done it. I've done it too. And there's like, no, when I actually read the story, now I get what's going on. That was not what we're, you know, I feel like there's a little bit of that. Once you understand and know these stories, how they play into your life, it's it's so true. And decluttering, talking about that a little bit. So, so many people have chaotic, out of control. They need to gain a, a sense of peace and purpose. Have you ever felt like that in your life? Is that what kind of inspired you? I know you mentioned a little bit in the beginning, mm-hmm. but I don't know... Because I know you've had health struggles just how I have. Yes, I have. And that adds a whole (laughs) another layer of complexity. Mm -hmm. And we all have our different battles, whether it's health, whether it's financial, whether it's marriage issues. It adds a layer of complexity, right? Mm -hmm. It does. It definitely adds a layer of complexity. And like I said, it was leaning into God's spirit. I think if you're uh, a person who can get things done, like you said, and your life pretty, you know, is going pretty well, and then... God throws you a curveball that could be with your health, your marriage, one of your children, something like that. You are forced to either say, I cannot do this on my own, you know, or you're going to almost die trying, so so to speak. I mean, something inside your soul is going to die as you try to fix something in your life. And so I think the Lord just brought me to my knees physically. You know, there was a time where I was actually using a cane. I couldn't walk on my own. To bring me to that place of, you know, are you going to really turn to me? Are, you know, are you going to say what you, are you going to live what you say you believe, Mm -hmm. basically? Right. Am I all you have or am I not? And like you said, that's where the writing, the the interesting thing about this is right before I went in to have major surgery to have my thymus removed, it's called a thymectomy. I did not know I even had a thymus, to be honest with you. I don't think people know that they have a thymus. (laughs) Right. And... (laughs) I thought it was my thyroid. And they're like, no, we're not taking out your thyroid. Your thymus is like this gland, like right um, kind of in your chest, below your sternum. And mine was out of whack because of an autoimmune disease I have. I submitted this book 
this whole proposal for this book the Friday before I went into surgery on oh, Monday. Wow. So that's a really interesting thing. And then I kind of forgot about it. I was in the hospital for six or seven days. I, you know, it was yeah. a really, really big deal. I didn't realize at the time it was going to be a big deal, but it was. So it was during recovery and everything that my agent started sending this out. And it was November after I had the surgery in July. It was November that I started getting some interest from Bethany House. So isn't that amazing how God wow. like brought me so low? Like at that point, I thought no doors are ever going to open for me. Like, right. you know what I mean? I can't even walk. I can't see. I can't hold my arms. I can't do a lot of things. Like you almost feel like God brings you to a place of feeling like you're totally useless and helpless and hopeless. And then what springs from that? Yeah. But I almost think for those of you that are there right now, just to give you some encouragement, God always rebuilds you. He mm. is a restorer. He is a redeemer. He yes. does take every negative thing in your life and uses it for your good and his glory if you allow him to. Mm, that's so good. And so I think like this book is a testament to that for me personally. I don't share that a lot. Like you're not going to find that when you read the book. You'll find a lot of stories about me and a lot of things. But I don't talk about that, but that is the backstory of this book, is that it is God's way of saying to me, I still have something for you to do, and I can redeem and restore even the things that you thought would never be redeemed and restored. And it's, it's hard when you're in the moment. Oh, Believe, I know if you're going through that right now, I want you to know that we don't think it's easy. It is It's not. very hard, and I still struggle with some uh, lingering health issues. And I know we both probably do from yeah, time to time. Right. And you know what? I've been really, I, this came up in my reading not too long ago. And I think about this a lot now. And uh, it's, of course, now this, I'm trying to do at the top of my head, but I think it's, it's in Ephesians where Paul is um, writing. And I noticed that when he was writing to them, he didn't ask for prayers that because he, he was in prison. Right. He, he didn't ask for prayers that he would be freed. Right. He asked for prayers to be strong yes. in his chains or something along mm-hmm. those lines. And I, you know, that has like really, really been something that I've had to really think about because we're constantly like praying, like, take the sickness away from me, yeah. take this. And not mm-hmm. that that's wrong, mm-hmm. but what if, what if God really needs us to go through this? At this time, like, mm-hmm. so I've been kind of changing the way I pray about things. Mm-hmm. It's really hard. It is very hard. <laughs> and I, I just, I'm just leaning on the fact that God's brought me through a lot of stuff, right. a lot of stuff. And in the thick of things, I probably was where my head is right now. But you're right. He always can bring us out mm-hmm. of these hard points in our lives. We talked um, a little bit about this um, in a previous episode, and I said, I really want to find someone to talk about journaling. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, Carla's the perfect (laughs) person to talk to because she's a writer. Because I've read recently that journaling is very therapeutic. Um, It's just a way of kind of mind dumping everything that went on. Do you journal? I do. I journal a lot. And like I say to people... um, that most of what I write probably will never be read by anyone. Yeah. Because that is between me and God. You know what I mean? Yeah. Pouring out my heart, my prayers, my 
you know, like you said, venting. You know, I tell people when you're upset, tattletale to God. Don't gossip. Mm -hmm. Don't call your girlfriend. Don't gripe to your mom or your sister. And that's what I've learned to do. I take out that journal and I just get it out. And the book does have space for you to journal in it as well because I do believe in journaling. Yeah. A few people have said the book is too pretty to I know. I was going to say it is kind of pretty. I just want to speak to that for a moment. Get yourself some really good journaling pens, beautiful pens, and write in the book. I want you to write (laughs) in the book. (laughs) That's why I have it. But we talked about journaling and I've done gratitude journaling. I've done prayer journaling. But I told you something new that I had started this year. Tell everyone this. I I love this. Because I had done the gratitude and I think that really does help your perspective and I was writing down, you know, three things a day or five things a day, but I was getting discouraged, you know, launching, I told you, launching a book in the middle of this pandemic is not really what I thought it was going to look like. Who knew? And I was, you know, some doors were shutting and I'm a speaker and I like to go out and speak, but there were no speaking engagements or the ones that I had were canceled. So I just, I think it's human nature we were talking about to focus on the no's, right. to focus on the shut doors, to focus on the disappointments. Even in this whole pandemic, we, you know, we focus on what we've lost, right? right? And I was just really convicted in my journal to write down every time God had said yes to me mm. and every door that was opened. And you know what? The pages just kept coming and coming, and then those few no's paled in comparison to all the yeses. So, no, I didn't get to do the speaking engagement, but I got to do 10 podcast interviews. You know, it was just taking the time to journal and say, God, you have said yes to me. You have said yes to me in so many ways. You have said yes to me that I can get up and walk. Yeah. Yes. Right? I mean, last time I physically saw you, you were using a cane. I was. You know, and you look you, fantastic well, now. Thank you. Like, thank you. I, I am getting there. I have my days, and I will be woozy sometimes. So if you see me in a Target and I look a little starry, <laughs> come and give me a hand. <laughs> but, um, you know, or that you woke up and had a good night's sleep. Yeah. Yes, God, you gave me sleep. Yes. yes, you did this. Yes, you did this for my child. Yes, you did this. And so that's what I've been journaling. It is a little spin on the gratitude part, but it's kind of like... It's getting me to change my focus and my perspective instead of, yes, we have lost things, and I don't want to minimize any of those losses. I know some people have lost some serious things during this pandemic. They've Uh, lost businesses. They've lost family members. I totally get that, and I don't want to be um, unsympathetic to that, but there are so many things that God has provided even in the But for me, sometimes I hone too much in on those things. Exactly. And that's just, and some people aren't like that. Right. Like, like my husband, totally different. He's, something bad can happen, and he can just move on to the next. I wish I was like that. Right. It's something I have to work a little harder at. So right. I do think it's like a little bit of a, per, or, or maybe it's a male-female thing. I don't know. Yeah, it could be. I think men are able to compartmentalize maybe a little better, whereas yeah. we see it, and it affects every area of our life, where yes. they're able to just say, okay, that was no yeah. in that area. No, turn the page, move on. Because sometimes I think if someone says no or something happens and it's a no, it's like, okay, well, it wasn't meant to be. That's God closing the door. Move on to the next. And then I actually re-listened to one of the previous podcasts on here with when I interviewed Bob Goff, right. who I know we both love. Yes, He's yes, fantastic. Yes. And there was a section in it. Go go back and listen to that one, too. It was so good. And he said, you know what? It's it's a real stumbling block when people continuously think that if something says no or someone says no, it's God's closing the door. He said, you're in radio, right? And he's like, if, 
if you interviewed for a job in radio and back in the day, some guy named Bob told you no and you just quit saying, okay, that's it, you know, he's like, that wasn't God closing the door. That was just some guy named Bob telling you no, move on to the next. Mm -hmm. And it just hit me as I re-listened to it. That's what I've been doing. I get a word image when you say that, Sarah. It's like, because I love paths and journeys, and I always, my my um, ministry is called At the Crossroads, and I talk about where faith and life intersect and walking on a journey. It's just like if you and I were walking on a path and there was a pothole, we wouldn't like turn around and say, mm-hmm. oh, I can't walk on that path, would we? Oh, my we, goodness. We would be like, oh, well, I'll just walk around it, or I'll just go over here, or do you know what? But That that's is what, such a good visual. But that's what we do in our lives, yes. right? We, we reach a little detour in our lives, and we're like, oh, my word, I am so on the wrong path. Sorry, God, I misheard you. Oh, my word, I will run the other way. And it's yes. just like, well, no, that's just a little obstacle. You, Like Bob was saying, you just go around it, Yes, and it doesn't mean you're on the wrong path. But I've done the same exact thing. I think we, you know, a lot of us do that. And I think it's fear, it's insecurity. Yeah. Fear of rejection, you know, fear of not succeeding, all of those things. And I think we dwell on them too much. And that's why. And I I just love this because I did. I did get a gratitude journal this year, but I love your little spin on it. Because I will say when you just start doing the gratitude journal, sometimes it's hard when you do three a day. Yes. To be like our general manager here. He's so good at his. He comes up with the most unique stuff. And I'm like, it's hard for my brain to keep thinking of like, that's terrible to say, like, but right, I'm right. so thankful. I find myself saying the same things over and over. That's yes. my point. Yes. But when you say, I wrote this down in my notes in bold, write down all the times that God has said yes. And maybe it's a spin. Maybe you do the regular gratitude journal and do this. Or really, it probably works anytime you start to think negative. Yes. It's like, okay, let me just mind dump here. And here's all the great things that happened. And you know, make a column or something. Yeah, make a column. That is such a good exercise to do. I love that. So I also ask in every podcast, Okay, this leans into this a lot, what we're just talking about, is what three things that you're thankful for leans mm-hmm. into the whole gratitude journal um, a little bit. So if you had to say three things you're thankful for, what would you say? I'm thankful that God continues to meet me in my health issues. Mm-hmm. You know, um, his grace is sufficient for every day. I think when I get too far down the road and I think, well, what will happen if this, you know, or will I be able to walk here? or Will I be able to do this? Then I get really messed yeah. up. But when I wake up every day and I say, Lord, your grace is sufficient for this day. Mm. That is definitely one thing I'm thankful for. And grace sometimes look like looks like physical strength for me, but even on the days that I don't have physical strength, he still s- sustains me yeah. with hope, with yeah. joy, with peace, with all of these things. Yeah. So that's one thing I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for my children. Um, I am six months away from being an empty nester. I have raised four children, wow. three boys, and it's my baby girl at home, and I have loved really every season of being a mom, Mm -hmm. and I have tried to enjoy and embrace every season. And I just want to tell those of you that are running crazy with little ones or you're in that busy, busy season of life, um, having adult children is amazing. And I love my kids as adults. They're just so fun, and it's such a different relationship. But I love them, and I'm thankful. You know, for my children, I'm thankful for the opportunity 
that God has given me. It's such a privilege. And then to give them back to God, because that's really what he's asking you to do yeah. when you reach that. And you know that. You have a, a daughter in college. I and- know. <laughs> it's crazy. But you're right, because I was like, is this going to be so different now that she's out, out of the mm-hmm. house? And you're right. Mm-hmm. Each season, each stage mm-hmm. is just so wonderful. And I'm just thankful for my audience, my listeners, my followers, you know, the people that have just encouraged me through this book. And um, one of the best stories that I had is that there was a group of women getting together to read it as a book club book. And one of the women said, well, I'm not even going to buy a book because I don't do the Bible. I don't do devotionals. I'll just come in and sit in if you guys are coming and doing coffee or yeah. I don't know if they were at somebody's house and drinking wine. You know, it goes well with both. Yeah. So anyways, so she was just going to come the first night. And um, my friend told me she showed up. She had bought the book. She had read the first chapter and was kind of pushing everybody to talk about it. They were really? more like talking about other things. She says, well, no, I read this chapter and we need to talk about this and we need to talk. And that just warmed my soul. Oh. That someone who said, I'm not even going to buy the book because I'm not sure if I can even read this. I don't know about the Bible. I don't know what a devotional is. That she read the chapter and she came and she was the one who wanted to talk about it. So I just thank you for everyone who's read the book, who is, you know, giving it as a gift, who's using it at a book club or a Bible study, and just want you to know that I'm available for you. Like, seriously, reach out to me. I have joined a few Zooms. Um, You know, I've kind of come in on one of their sessions and talked to them. If you have questions, if you need help, you know, I want to be accessible to you. I love that. That is so exciting. Every time I hear stories like that of someone getting excited about Jesus and reading the Bible, it's like, oh, mission accomplished. Right. It's, it's so exciting. I love it. So I'm sure it's easy to find the book. I know it's on Amazon, but is it, it is. pretty much anywhere where you can buy it? Yeah. Anywhere you can find it online. It's also locally at the Learned Owl. It's at Logos Bookstore. It's at Books by the Park at Parkside Church. So you can find it. And I'm having a book signing this Saturday. Oh, nice. Yeah, an in-person, socially distanced and safe book signing at Heartwood Coffee in Hudson, Ohio. Oh, I love that place. Yeah. So Such good coffee. Well, is. thank you, Carla. We'll put all the information in show notes as well where you can grab the book. And Carla's blog is carlagasser.com. Correct. You can stay connected on all, wherever you do social media as well. <laughs> everywhere. I'm, I'm pretty much everywhere. Follow me on Instagram, Facebook. We'll connect. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Carla. If this was your first time listening, thank you. And check out some of the previous conversations, guests that we've had. And if you feel led, it would be a huge, huge compliment, favor, if wherever you listen to podcasts, if you could just give it that great rating, comment if you feel led that you loved it and would really, really appreciate it. It means so much and pass it along to your friends and hope you have an awesome day.